Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Bite-sized agency briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, I'm really excited to be talking with Sherry and Ruben Johnson, affectionately known as the Fly Duo. They're partners in life, love, crime, and everything in between. They're co-founders of Atlanta's premier award-winning sex-positive branding agency, Fly Media Productions, co-founders of Sex Tech and Chill, a handpicked selection of news, products, and experiences thoughtfully curated by the couple for pleasure seekers and if that's not enough co-hosts of the podcast style web show the fly duo sex project that might be the hottest intro no hands down that is the hottest intro i've ever (laughs) dropped for this podcast so guys welcome from atlanta so excited to be talking to you today oh awesome we're happy to be here yeah thank you so much for having us i appreciate it i always want to be the hottest so thank you (laughs) you got it you guys win awarded today Uh, so so i want to talk first about the agency you guys run it as a married couple you guys do everything together as a married couple but i want to talk about what it's like to run an agency together as a married couple um i know that that can be kind of a, a touchy topic and i know you guys kind of head up some discussions and some groups we're in together about that um but i also really want to dig into the work that you guys do as an agency and, and what the driving force behind that was. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it's like to, to work together as a husband and wife team. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to get into it. Uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. Simple answer, short answer, TLDR. Okay. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. You're like, what, okay, that's I mean, great. So, <laughs> but you're together 24-7. I mean, is there a division? Are you, like, talking about work over dinner? Are you, like – rolling over in bed saying like, Hey, did that proposal close? Like, does the conflicts of marriage come into, uh, you know, work, you know, what's the division of labor look like in in the business? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. And all, all of the above pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to go? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, we talk about stuff all the time. We had been for a while trying to like find that, um, elusive like yeah clear separation of balance of life and family or 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 work-life balance that's the term i'm trying to think of Mm -hmm. and that just did not work for us well at all um and so it was interesting because um one of the comments in the group someone who who was a long-term um couple they were talking about how you know they they will talk at different times too like well outside of business hours and it works for them if one of them is feeling something then the other one knows they can be comfortable bringing it up and everything. That made me feel a lot better about how we kind of approach it. Because I think sometimes you, you, you try to do something that um, you're, you see as the popular thing is this is the ideal standard to try to reach. Um, and then when right. you can't reach that standard or it's not a good fit or whatever, you might start to kind of like doubt yourself. So um, we both have ADD, so that's not how our brains work. We can't just say like, well, that's between this hour and this hour only. Like, we just don't work that way. Stuff pops into our heads all the time throughout the day, at night when we're laying on the pillow, waking up. Like, yeah, it hits us all the time. We try to be really, like, mindful of when the 
topics come up and when to talk about them and when to just say, hey, let's put a pin in this for later, but I want remind me to tell you about this thing or ask you about this thing. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll yeah. also uh, pull out our phones a lot and, and like brainstorm, just record it. Because that way we can at least we know we've ca- captured whatever that knowledge was. And then we can kind of go on with life outside of work. But we don't have to worry about, oh, did we just lose? You know, we don't want to lose something that's like could be a transformative thing. These record it. Now we've trust the phone has it. Yeah. It's backed <laughs> up to the cloud and we just keep it moving with whatever we're doing. Because we do that a lot. Um, I dig that. It's simple, especially driving. I mean, everyone who's driving, you're yeah. driving with like your best friend, you're, sp- you're talking about everything. It's inevitable you're going to talk about work. We've come up with some of our best ideas outside of the work day. So I, I feel like don't fix what isn't broke, you know? Yeah. And also like embracing, all right, if we have the extra time together and an idea pops into my head because I was watching whatever, like embrace that as almost like a superpower. Whereas other people that are like, you know, I've got to email my employee or whatever. You can just be like, yo, did you see that? What about this for that thing? So, yeah, I like that. What about like the division of labor? Uh, how do you guys manage that as as a team? That that was something that took a while to arrive at the ideal balance and the ideal roles. So like we we kind of like work underneath the EOS. What is it? Entrepreneur operating system. So underneath that system, mm-hmm. I'm in officially in the visionary role. Sherry is our okay. integrator, but she's also. Um, runs the brand so she's a chief brand officer runs creative and she's also a co-visionary a lot of our the great innovation stuff we do comes from sherry as well um so that's kind of like how we roll it i used to run the tech side when we were doing tech services i still Mm -hmm. run any tech we do internally but we don't really provide a lot of tech to new clients um we'll do some to like for existing clientele but for new clients, we're not really offering tech services. So I'm doing more um, like leading. If we do an innovation lab, I'll lead that kind of thing. Um, and then I also do some more stuff like in the forefront when we do public facing stuff, whether it's presentations or hosting uh, events and that kind of stuff. One of the things that I love with the way like kind of we work together because we do a lot of like campaign and community building type stuff. Um, mm-hmm those are cool because like sherry will within a campaign itself will take lead in different aspects of it well she may lead on the strategy and the asset delivery side um and i play a lot of supporting roles in that way and then kind of like when it comes to actually executing on campaign like day of if it's something like where it's a live twitter watch party or where it's uh, um hosting an event depending on what the actual thing is I may have more of a forward role or I may still be playing a supporting role. So it really depends. We, the way we've structured it, our, our roles and like who's got the decision-making power plays to whoever's strength is in that area. Um, and that's it. where I feel like we get the best results. Yeah, and then at home, we pretty much just work together to get make sure everything gets done. And then if, except for like if somebody's if one of us is more like heavily in a project at the time, then the other one will step up and kind of take over their responsibilities. <laughs> Except for baking. Like, Oh yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so terrified of baking. I cook <laughs> with like on the stove if you want top. To burn on it, yeah. If, if you guy, want something yeah. that needs to be like, otherwise no. <laughs> cook nice, like on a stove top in a frying pan, I can do that all day long. 
if you want it to go in the stove and it needs to like be baked like cake <laughs> or pastries and actually taste good, yep. she's great at that. I I don't even try anymore. It just overwhelms me. about balance because it'd be like, I'll do the dishes and I'll do this, that, and the other thing if you'll make me cookies. <laughs> yep. Doesn't expect That's how I am with my so girl. She cooks, I clean all day long. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So, so you, you've been running the business together for more than 20 years. How long have you been running on EOS? Um, EOS, this is our second year, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, because yeah, we actually, our second year anniversary. We just had, just had first, it. Just had the first. Oh, oh, year, yeah. okay. See, this is why Sherry's our integrator. Well, because you were working not. with Leslie on a coaching level. Oh, first. yes. So that's thank why you. it feels like two years. Thank you. I forgot about that. Gotcha. Okay. So I was wrong and earlier what, when I and, said two years. My bad on that. Okay. And did that help drive, you guys did a rebrand recently. Did that help drive the rebrand was what came out from the integration? Yeah, it definitely helped it um, inform it. Like we already knew we wanted to like, so we already knew we wanted to do with a new position. Um, we knew okay. we wanted to move into the pleasure space before we knew anything about EOS. So initially with uh, Leslie was a consultant helping us kind of navigate all that. But then we, when he saw, you know, after he'd been working with us for about a year, he saw how we work, how we think, how our business operates. And then he already, you know, was very familiar with the OS and he saw that mm-hmm. it was, there was really good alignment there, that it would be able to help us kind of like take what we do intuitively and kind of formalize it and give us some kind of more uh, formal strategy breakdown. So we, so we, you know, we trusted Leslie, we'd worked with him for a while now at that point, And we said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll give that a shot. So it helped us to kind of like um, be more structured in how we approached the new positioning and the rebrand. I don't think it was responsible for it, but it definitely helped make it more successful. Um, but we also, so, Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, so were you guys more like generalists before the new evolution of the agency or like were, were, were you niched at all or focused on anything? Yeah, we were niched. We were like doing a lot like focused in lifestyle brands that leaned in the like fashion, um, urban and other lifestyle stuff around that area. A lot more like focusing, you know, like 18 to 45 market like clientele in that area. We were like leaning in that area, but we were still kind of general because we were working with a lot of different types of brands. Um, but that was kind of like that through line that we were kind of like hung the agency on. We're also more so um, web a web shop, like web design development primarily. That was like our bread and butter. Yeah, and we yeah, that's a good point. And we we decided to lop off a lot of those services. We still do the design side. We don't do the development and the content management systems and all that anymore. Um, we got yeah. out of that side. So you guys, you say you do brand seduction, which is creating influential powerhouses with unapologetic brand experiences. Mm-hmm. A lot of brands will immediately disqualify themselves. I'm sure Colgate isn't coming to you saying we need <laughs> yep. a toothpaste, toothpaste campaign, <laughs> which is a great disqualifier because it says right up front, this is the kind of work we do. It even says on your website, like who we work with. If some of the imagery on our website makes you uncomfortable, you might not be a good match for us. Exactly. What was... Like, this is still kind of a taboo, uh, makes people uncomfortable area to work in. And I love it. I love that you guys embrace it. And it's something you're passionate about between, you know, the podcast you do and the work you do as an agency. But what pushed you into, you know, jumping into this full force? 
So for us, it was actually more of a personal decision than motivated by business opportunity. Um, we had been on a personal kind of like discovery and gone through like a ginormous transformative moment in our relationship and then as individuals. Um, we had come out of like a deeply religious community and we had kind of come at a crisis of conscience about 10 years prior to all of that, maybe a little bit longer. Um, so through that process, we like kind of like did a, had a rediscovery of our sexuality as a married couple, as individuals and all of that. And it was like massively transformative. It's kind of like you take your whole world, you shake it out and everything's different. And it's like, whoa. So it, it was like transformative at a massive level. Um, and it ended up being really po positive for us, really powerful. Um, it did our, our, our marriage a world of good. It was like, we were happy beforehand, but the challenges we had now, we like, we're navigating them in a much better way. And then we were just significantly more happy afterward. When we saw that, we're like, wow, this is really cool. But we, we knew we still wanted to do more in that direction. But because of the way we work and then because of our, our chronic health challenges, there's only 24 hours in a day. So we were like, how can we take what we're doing on the personal side and then maybe get it in alignment with our business so that the 24 hours a day we have, we're moving in parallel. So anything we do on a personal side is in league and in service to whatever we're doing on a professional side and vice versa. So, we, so that was what the kind of like foundational idea behind it. It took, a, took us a couple of years without even talking to anyone on the professional side to figure out how we could do that. We wrote up a strategy, you know, and figured out this is what we want to do. Here's a blueprint. We didn't really have anything else to go on. I mean, no one else was really doing any of this. Um, mm -hmm. And we said, hey, if we can help other people in this way, the way we've been helped, we could actually leave a legacy beyond whatever we do for clients. Like we could actually have a real impact on changing our society and our culture which was a huge thing for us because I, I i'm like a big believer in people like dr king and and ashada shakur and like big mm -hmm. massive figures who've done powerful transformative work for the betterment of humanity and i'm like i want to do that kind of thing i want to help the world in that kind of way so that was kind of like what we were thinking and and we figured let's Let's this, we, you know, you can't do everything. You can't change everything. No human can. Let's stake our claim in this area. This is going to be our thing. We're going to try to do positive change in. So that was kind of like the impetus of why we changed the agency. Um, and then we just have slowly refined it so that on the business side, it, it makes sense with things like market fit. And then, you know, like we understood like you know, there's the overall market cap for the industry and they're saying like these ginormous numbers and all that. And everyone knows, you know, the uh, term sex sells. But like what I like to say is that sex sells only if you're not necessarily selling sex overtly and honestly and upfront. So when I say that, I mean like back in the day in the 90s, Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser and all that, they used sex to sell all the time, but they weren't really upfront mm -hmm. about it. They weren't really overtly using it. It was always like a wink and a nod. And then when someone says sex is selling, you're like, no, no, we're not. We're not doing that. When you actually are using sex to sell overtly and you're being honest about it, now you have to come up against things like stigma. And that's one of the reasons right. why we're kind of coming out the way we're coming at it 
is that we want to reduce stigma. We want to actually have mm. a lasting impact and selling things under the banner of sexuality in a way that's honest and ethical and upfront so that we can have the impact of reducing stigma, taking away shame associated with sexuality, and then elevating things like education and science-backed um, education and understanding and, and having that kind of impact. And at the same time, helping great ethical brands be able to like um, build community, build brand affinity, and attract clientele um, using brand seduction. And that's where the brand seduction aspect comes in. I don't know if you want to kind of describe how we kind of look at that or. Oh, you're, you're fine. Okay. I just don't want to like take, <laughs> I don't want to like take all the wind. Um, so, so the way we look at brand seduction, if you look at modern dating, right? So like modern mm -hmm. dating, you, you know, people have like websites, apps, whatever. And there's like essentially, you know, or, or, or like that TV show, Love Island. Um, I think that's a great analogy where you've got all these singles on this beautiful tropical island and there's all these people and you've got a very limited amount of time to make a connection first based on just face value. What do you see? Are you attracted to what you see? Then you get to know the individual and you've got to make a great impression and help the person to see where you're a great match for them. And if you're not a great match, then they are free to move on to someone else who's a better match for them. So brand seduction is our way, it encapsulates um, setting a brand up for success by making it so that amongst a sea of competing brands, we bring or out, or yeah. suitors, <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> we help them to unearth their value proposition and the things <clears throat> that make their brand different and unique from everybody else in a way that makes, that makes it easier to attract opportunity. So opportunity being clientele, um, collaborations, um, the right partners, et cetera. So bringing, attracting the right people and helping people to see, you know, whoever those, those, those uh, suitors are, helping them to see mm -hmm. why they're a great fit and, and, and helping to communicate in a very fluid and intuitive way all the things that are great about their brand and that fit for whatever um, the suitor holds a value. So if you're a, um, if you're a consumer, for instance, and I care about the environment and I care about ethically created pro um, products, and I care about things that are like premium, that have a premium feel, a premium materials and all that, we're going to help to um, unearth the things about your brand that communicate that. And so we can attract consumers who value those things. That's really what it's about. It's about attracting the right people, not worrying so much about the wrong people. And the messaging ideally is going to help people to self-select in. Um, and then the other, the next thing that we do is we deliver creative around that. So uh, messaging, creative assets for social media, um, digital experiences, we help with designing like virtual events. And then we help with like designing things like your web experience, um, and that kind of stuff to go along with that. So everything's like really cohesive and works really well together. I know that was so, so you chased a, you chased a niche based on a passion that you had as opposed to seeing a hole in the marketplace and be like, let's move into that space because banking sounds exciting when it doesn't. Yes. Um, instead, you chased <laughs> your passions and found a market for it. And fast forward a couple of years since you've embraced it, it's going, I assume, really well. It's, I think it's too soon to tell for us 
per se, because we just unrolled, we just rather rolled out our repositioning last year toward the end of okay. 2022. So I think we'll have more data, uh, more than anecdotal by the, like the end of this year of 2023. Um, we've been making inroads. We're getting a lot of, you know, we're getting good feedback and press. Um, but I think by the end of this year, I think we'll be in a much stronger position to be able to like answer that more definitively. Yeah, but it seems, I mean, there's brands that will embrace it and yes, are the, you know, the brands are not just because it's a, you know, a sex positive uh, agency. It's not just like sex toys, but it's consumer products. It's fashion products. It yes. can be automobiles. I mean, it can be a lot of things. Um, but are you going towards the obvious of where's like the deepest part of the niche supposed to do the widest part of it? Um, that's not to use question. sexual puns, but I just did. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Deeper, <laughs> but yeah, we're primarily going after like, um, like sexual pleasure, wellness, and then like, like you said, like coming out wider from there. Um, so, so at the like high end, like you were saying, like almost any brand that wants to use like seductive language or seductive visuals, and seductive visuals and language doesn't have to mean sexual literally either. Yeah. You know, like just sure very visually attractive kind of things right like sensuous yes yeah, kind of thinking of like sensuous chocolate that, yeah because a lot of times the same language that we're using is other people don't hit it the same way <laughs> like we say unapologetic lifestyle and pleasure brands on our website and some people think that we're referencing the lifestyle like the adult lifestyle and we're like oh no we're just talking about like regular traditional lifestyle brands you know, so I know like a lot of times when I say sensual or seductive, I'm like trying to make sure I'm being clear that that's not just, it doesn't have to be just sexual, like on the high end, but that is primarily what we're going after. Yeah. And by high end, I think like, we should specify by the opening end, of the, meant, yeah, yeah, wider, wider. Yeah. Like you were talking about. Um, I, we, we also, I, we should clarify, clarify too, like no issue with, you know, the lifestyle. If, no, no, if no. Some, yeah. No, I know, you know, language. I just the language yeah well i think that's in, inherent in what you said is we want to get rid of the stigma and that's yeah. like it's not even an after effect of the work you're doing it's it's the motivation for the work that you're doing yes. and so so i mean to me that is so powerful because there is still and there there will always be some kind of stigma because there'll be a certain part of the world that just you know can't see it can't hear it can't nothing but if you if you uh eliminate some of the shame behind it um, whether it's, you know, early age sex ed or, uh, body positive conversations or, you know, all these things, you're, you're just making so much room for so much more to be done in the marketplace with whatever kind of brands. And, and they'll be more open to it, more fluid with it, which I love. Um, you know, I think a lot of agencies will try and kind of sneak in that seductive tagline as like, here's one of three, but we don't think it's going to go anywhere. And we'll mix it in with something that is super, you know, acceptable. Um, whereas you guys are like, this is what we're really good at and we're embracing it. And we also want to make a difference and leave that as our legacy. And so I, I super, you know, I, I just really, really admire that. All right. We're going to pause there for a break. Stay tuned. Episode two is going to come out next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite Sized Agency Briefs. 
As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.